Hello everyone and we want to welcome you back to another episode of the Disruptive Voices of the Pacific. You are seeing a regular face again. This is the third time that I've had Paul on this platform because what he has to offer is just so important. And even though a lot of my work is done around abuse and pornography, these conversations um, about how to prepare our daughters for healthy relationships and marriage is what will hopefully prevent our daughters in, in um, ending up in abusive and toxic relationships. So today we're going to discuss how to prepare your sons for healthy dating and uh, marriage relationships. So thank you, Paul, from the Men's Network, Men's Empowerment Network. Good to have you again. Thank you. It's good to be back again. Yes, it's been some very good um, discussion. I've been getting a lot of feedback from parents. So thank you for your feedback because that helps us to know that we're on the right track, that what we're putting out on this platform is helpful. Now, we have, at first we were going to do this episode, how to prepare your children for healthy dating and um, marriage, but we realised boys and girls are really different. <laughs> Paul, you have three sons and three daughters. How are the boys different from the girls? Oh, no, um, we didn't know that uh, having boys would be <laughs> disruptive eh? <laughs> until we started to have boys. You know, uh, we met people and they said, oh, you got three girls and uh, three boys. I said, yeah, who's older? I said, oh, the girls. I said, oh, lucky you. And we didn't realize that because the boys were still small. But now as they grow up, they're still in primary, but you can just, you, you know the difference. Boys, without saying boys will be boys is actually true because they will be the noisiest, roughest, how they play inside the house, what they do. It's just so different from the girls. So, um, you know, as we go to the discussions, we, we know that boys are wired differently from the girls. Yeah, it's very obvious, isn't it? Uh, yes. which is good. We need to be different. We're not trying to be the same. God's created us different. What ages are your boys? My boys, uh, for me, my boys, one is 10, uh, the eldest is 10, and we have one is going to be eight and one is going to be five. Okay. Um, when I was a young man, I brought up another boy. He came into my life before I was married, and I brought him into my life. I think I hadn't shared this with you, uh, um, oh. uh, but you know, uh, yes, <laughs> so I haven't shared this with you, but he was 11 years old when I brought him into my life. That was before I got married. I looked after him when he was 11 when I was teaching. Then I brought him over to Suva and I looked after him uh, when he was with me when I got married. And um, then we had children, and he was like the children would look at look to him as their big brother. So mm -hmm. I looked after him from 11 right till he which finished his primary education, finished his secondary education, and even got a degree at the University of South Pacific. So mm -hmm. he was always perceived as, uh, uh, the children would perceive him as their big brother. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I was not so much older than him, many people would perceive him as my small brother. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's just like, you know, if you say, how many boys? Three. But uh, I, I would call him, because he's been, part of my life right from uh, right from when he's 11. He's now 27, I think, 27. Yeah. Well, wow. That's amazing. So you've had uh, a bit of experience already bringing up a young man. Yeah. 
Um, and also you've got your three biological sons, but I know with the Men's Empowerment Network, you're also running programs in schools and camps. So you've, um, you're very experienced with young men. Uh, why is it so important in a culture where there is just so much abuse and pornography? Why is it important that we are intentional, are intentional about um, just preparing our sons for for marriage? Yeah, one of the one of the reasons that we need to be, and I love that word you said, intentional. We need to be intentional when approaching um, uh, young men and men in general, is because uh, for me, I believe that, you know, society is really relies on um, how well our men are groomed. Um, a society that will be toxic is a society that has toxic men in it. And um, this is perceived because men have, uh, in, in most societies, have mostly the power. And that's why we when we, our network is called empowerment. Eh? So with the power, we want to empower them on how to use it in the proper way, through the proper channels, and use it in a way that will benefit all in society. So it's very important. It's really important. Um, we're looking at Fiji's history. Look at our country, and you'll see that it's men that have struck our nations at vital points led by men that struck our nation at vital points that have set us back many years. And I know you you will know what I'm talking about. So our country has been down the road three or four times because led by men. You know, and imagine if that didn't happen. Where would Fiji be? I, I don't know, but I'm sure we, we wouldn't be where we are right now. But that is why it's very, very important that our boys, our men, are groomed or shaped uh, well at an early stage, eh? at an early stage, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so let's just talk a bit about particularly dating, um, usually particularly when the hormones kick in in the teenage years, the boys are starting to notice the girls. Um, and I love this because your boys are just that, they're on the precipice of, of teenage years, aren't they? But how, did, how are you preparing your younger guys now to treat women? Well, firstly, with, uh, with, with uh, my own boys, you know, because they're of that age, I'm teaching them, first of all, how to be respectful. Respectful. I'm teaching them how to be able to communicate well. Uh, not in particularly only to girls, but just communication. How to communicate themselves. How to um, uh, be able to communicate themselves in different situations. And that's for my young boys. That's how I teach them. You know, you need something, you say, you, you speak. You say what you want and, and you share your mind and you share it in a manner that is respectful and at the same time will be acceptable or understood by the other party. That's how I'm uh, teaching them here because one of the key keys, and, I, and, and, and many have overlooked this, is one of the factors that causes uh, domestic violence in our country is poor communication. Poor communication. 
uh, what is said out of uh, the, what words that come out of a man's mouth is perceived differently by the woman. And thus, what comes out of the woman's wife, a mouth is perceived differently by the man. And it is this miscommunication and the lack of knowledge of how to communicate that causes a lot of conflicts within the family. And, uh, you know, so that's what I'm trying to train my young boys. And then I teach them, you know, just speak your mind. You may not be able to say everything that you are feeling, but at least learn to speak and communicate well. Um, also, at the same time, when I'm talking to young men, this is men who are in uh, young boys, teenage boys. When I go into schools and I go and talk to these young men, um, one of the things that I one of the things that I try to get at first for these young men is purpose, a goal-filled life, a purposeful life. I try to make their minds grasp that first, um, because you know, uh, I like I said last time, I'm using God's perspective, God's um, blueprint, because God gave men work purpose before he gave him Eve. Because when he created the garden, he gave him look after the garden and woman came later. So work came first. What we have in today's society is we've reversed it. Many men are getting married, looking at girlfriends, looking at boyfriends, uh, sorry, girlfriends, wives, and they themselves are not even working. And that in the long run is going to cause a lot of problems. So one of the things that I approach the young boys, and whether it's at hospitals, whether it's at the school, is I try to imprint upon them the importance of having a purposeful life, having goals to set yourself goals for the year, and even for three years down the line or five years down the line. Um, when I go into workplaces, men uh, in workplaces, uh, grown men, they know the corporate plan, the corporate five-year plan. But when you ask them, what is your plan? Many of them don't have it. Mm -hmm. Many of them don't have their own plan. So this is what we teach them. We teach them how to, how to think about goals and not only think about it, pen it down on paper and write about it and keep it, bind it. And your corporation have their goals. As five-year strategic plan, you need to have yours. As a man, this is very, very uh, important because you will be leaders of your families one day and imagine a leader that does not know which direction to take and that's what's tipping down in our society today yeah? so different levels my young boys to the teenage boys to the grown men the different ways of planting this so once they get this having a relationship with the with girls how to treat girls how to be able to um, talk to girls. This automatically takes care of itself. Mm. That's that's what I'm doing at the moment. Eh? Yeah. So important, that sense of work and, and purpose. Um, so important. So thank you for that. Uh, it's, it's no secret that the pornography issue in Fiji is skyrocketed, and I've talked about that many times. How do you see that impacting on young men when it comes to them relating with girls? How do you see this porn fueled culture that is just everywhere? Um, yeah, how is that impacting their view on how they see other, the opposite sex? It's it's uh, really damaging their point of view. Eh? 
and um, it's it's a really damaging factor because uh, now uh, men look boys look at women as um, tools or something to satisfy themselves and for us you know as men when we when we watch this we automatically perceive that every woman wants this to be done to them and then it becomes toxic because you try to bring that onto your onto your partner onto your girlfriend onto your wife or onto your friend and it's very different it's very different in how women perceive or look at pornography and how men perceive and look at pornography so that question uh, let this it's it's a big damage on character and it's not something that is easily um, remedied it's not something that's easily remedied because everyone has access to it and once that thought of that video is planted into your mind your mind is corrupt every girl you look at is going to be naked you can strip her down naked and that is why the mind here that's the battlefield that we are trying to uh, set when we set when we go with young when we go to uh, teach young men we need to shift their mind and we, I'm, I'm speaking to them this through my own experience, my own battle with pornography. Mm -hmm. So I know how hard it is and the challenge that it, uh, um, that it takes upon and the impact that it has on our lives. So it's huge. The impact is huge, uh, Leticia. Yeah, and your sons are at an age where they can... Um... It's a really important age. Sometimes we think we won't, don't need to talk to our kids till they're 16, but uh, the average age of coming across pornography is age 8 to 11. Um, so how do you, in age-appropriate ways, have a conversation to your sons about pornography? Most of the times uh, when you're looking at uh, pornography and, and growing up, you know, um, in, when we're small, we just said, when, when we see two people kissing on television, or the elders would say, close your eyes, close your eyes, and you close your eyes, and then they open the eyes again. Uh, that's the style that we were brought up with. Eh? Now, it's different. It's very, uh, you're so true, it's very accessible from 8 to 11 years old. And because everyone's got a, uh, a smartphone. So one of the uh, approaches that I do with my young boys is just telling them, not to keep secrets. We're teaching them not to keep secrets, not to do things, hidden things. Eh? If you're not clear about something, you know, talk about it. That's what I'm It goes back to communication. You know? So if somebody at school is showing you something that you know you're not clear about it, you, you, you talk about it. Let's not keep secrets. How you communicate it to me. And when they tell me things, especially things that... Um, things that you wouldn't expect from little kids, from little boys. First of all, as a parent, you need to ensure that you keep a, a straight face because mm -hmm. it's very easy to get angry. Because once you get triggered and you're angry, the child will never come back to you again with something else. So although you are angry and boiling inside, you've got to control yourself and tell them, where did you see this? Who, was, uh, who showed you this? Then they will explain it and then in, a, in as calm as you can be, you need to talk to them about it. For my for my my boys, my children, you know, right now I'm just telling them, you know, um, a woman 
and a man sex is is a gift from God. Eh? It's a gift from God. Basically, basically just telling them that. And it's only conducted in marriage. It's only conducted in uh, in marriage. Eh? And but as they grow older, as they become more inquisitive, that's what I'm saying. They can communicate it easily to us. They come to me sometimes, uh, uh, seeing things. Say he did a rude act, or she did a rude act, and they were pointing at that part, uh, and then they were laughing and all of this. And then I need to bring them and I need to talk to both of them. Eh? So I'm saying, hey, look, you should not be doing this. You should not be screaming and pointing at and eat inappropriate parts. Eh? And they just basically need to automatically, Leticia, they will know what is appropriate and inappropriate. But you need to help them along the line. Eh? Because, you know, because sometimes um, we have perpetrators who are very, very smart in how they approach these little children. Eh? It seems like it's appropriate, but it's not. So that's basically how I do it with my, my young boys, eh? my young boys at home. Yeah. What, what do your boys need? This stage of their life that your girls didn't from you as parents at this stage of uh, their life of their life as young men as young boys at this stage of their life they still need the presence your presence eh? um i was talking about young girls at that stage also it's, it's presence uh, your presence is important because um, sometimes we can be uh, so-called um, fathers of the children, but we are there, but not there. You know, they just need our presence. Um, simple things that I do with my boys, walking with them down the street, talking with them and going in the car, these simple things, they need their presence, your presence, and they need to be comforted at this time, need to feel as much secure around you as possible. Um, with my children, what I do for all my children, I, from when they were small, from baby until they could feed themselves, I'm the one who's, I'm always helping Ili. I'll bath the boys, the babies, I'll feed them, I'm sitting down there, mashing their food. So even until today, our youngest boy, he always needs uh, some encouragement to eat, so he would always call upon me, and I would make that effort to sit and feed him. Despite being tired, because it's uh, you work in all day and sometimes it's very easy to get agitated when they ask me, please uh, feed me. Um, but the answer to that question, uh, Leticia, is to keep ourselves involved in their life. Just your presence around your child, around your son, is something important. And uh, most importantly for men, for fathers, it's how we treat our daughters. It's how we treat our, our wives. The boys are watching. The boys are watching. So how I speak to my wife, how I speak to my girls, I need to speak to them in such a way that the boys will know, oh, okay, this is how I should be communicating to my wife or to my to my friends who are girls in school. Eh? You know, how to respect girls and how to respect others, how to communicate. Eh? So presence. Presence is important, uh, Leticia. Mm, no, it's vital. Now, we've heard you talk on um, this platform just, yeah, about your relationship with your wife. I look forward to meeting her one of these days. Um, and it just sounds like you've got a beautiful partnership, that your marriage is not, you know, 
kind of you're more important and you boss her around. Uh, and that's not always the case in every marriage in, in the islands. Um, quite often you do see the husband kind of telling the wife what to do and <laughs> whatnot. Um, and that's it. And sometimes it's the other way around as well. Um, how, so, you know, when, and that really impacts um, young men because they watch their dads. And if they're watching a father who acts like he's the boss all the time, how, how can we help shape? them because again this is another issue of why the abuse is so big because the man thinks he's the boss and the wife hasn't gotten food on the table in time so she gets a beating I mean these are stories I have heard um, so how do we I guess retrain our boys that marriage is a partnership um, you're not the boss you're here to actually serve and love your family do you, do you discuss this in your programs at school with the boys Oh yes, it's it's a it's a very very important um, um, aspect of our training is um, being a good father, because one of the research by one of our friends and he found out that majority of our prisoners in the majority of them came from uh, homes that had no fathers, single moms, and the father figure is really important. Um, when you when you looking at fathers now, there is a an importance a a very important um, need for fathers for men to know their responsibility. Like first of all, they need to know who they are. You need to know who you are, because if you don't know who you are, you'll be intimidated so easily. You need to know who you are. And you need to know whose you are. And that's why I say, I was saying, Letitia, I use God's blueprint. Because if you know who's really in charge, it's the men upstairs. We are just here to just do his will and go back. So what I, what I teach these uh, men is they need to know themselves. Know your purpose. Because if you have a purpose in life, if you know your, your worth in life, you will not be easily threatened or intimidated. And that is one of the things that happens in the Pacific Island countries is we are easily intimidated. And I mean this by in, in, in a respectful manner. You know, if you see someone who is different from comes from Australia, from New Zealand, the locals are easily intimidated because we perceive that they know more, they come from a bigger country, I cannot go and talk to them. I'm shy. I cannot speak to them. They might you know, say something and I don't understand. That perception. Because first of all, they do not know who they are. So this is one of the things that we train our men. Once you know who you are, you know that you are not in competition with your wife. You know whatever your wife says, maybe sometimes out of anger, that does not change who you are. So you will not retaliate with words or accents, just knowing who you are. And at the same time, the most of the, this is something that's vital, uh, Leticia, that I'm, you know, I hope that it can be taught more in the churches is how men, um, how these um, scriptures have been misinterpreted. It's been misinterpreted in such a way that it has caused a lot of men to have this false ego or false pride 
uh, and they think that they are the ones. Once you are married to me, you now I now own you. You know, and we go back to scriptures. We see what uh, what um, God did in the Garden of Eden. He gave Adam and Eve dominion over all the fishes and the seas and all the birds. He never gave them dominion over each other. Mm. And that is some, you know, this type of small, simple teachings, you know, simple teachings that he, he, he brought them together as partners. And in reality, for a man to be a woman, she has to be, she will be more attracted to a man who is living a life that's purposeful. You know, she'll be more attracted to someone who's more purposeful in his life. Not someone who's overruling and dictating and telling her what to do, but someone who's able to get the dream and sit with her and you share the dream together. Right? So when you say this, that, that question, well, that's very important. That's really important. And the misinterpretation of scriptures and the misinterpretations and the abuse of, uh, of culture. Right? How culture has always been blamed. But it's just been... It's really been uh, something that's been misinterpreted throughout the years. Yeah, no, in a huge way. And it's so simple and just some little changes that could set a lot of people free um, and make a lot more marriages healthier uh, and stop marriages from splitting, which then, you know, hurts the children. It's this continual cycle, isn't it? Yeah. It's such a big cycle. So. We know that there are a huge amount of single mothers out there, which um, I just honour and applaud. What a big job having to bring up children on your own. And if they are listening to this and thinking, well, Paul, you're an amazing dad and father. I don't have that in my life and I have four sons. Where do they go to find good role models for their sons or, or how can they as a mother be preparing their sons for their future relationships? That's an, um, that question, Cheryl, is, um, is one that, you know, as a single mom or a single dad, there's some shoes that you are not able to wear, especially as a single mom bringing up uh, four boys or three boys or even a boy, son, and trying to teach him about how to become a good um, person a good father in the future is not easy because he has not seen it. All mm -hmm. he has seen is this hardworking mom that is in front of him, you know. And there's a risk that may happen is one of the risks if, it's, if we don't approach it well is because he sees his mother is so hardworking, he feels it that he owes everything to his mom. Mm -hmm. So he does not get married. He stays with his mom and he, he, he believes that he, Pay, he needs to pay everything back to his mom. Mm -hmm. So that's that's one of the, the risks because there's no father figure for him to look up to. One of the ways in which uh, uh, single mothers who have sons, one of the ways is to reach out to organizations like us. We can we have uh, workshops and that we can run for your young men, your young boys. Also, before reaching out to us more closer to home, look at fathers or uncles, you know, who are good role models for your boys. And these are the ones that um, you need to associate your young boys more with. Good uncles, uh, good um, grandpa, granddads, 
someone that they can look up to because physically and realistically, the single mom cannot uh, wear the shoes of the dead. She can do everything that a father does, but she cannot be the father. And that is why the, the boy needs to see at least a male figure in his life. Um, in saying that, uh, Leticia, um, we need to understand that sometimes it's not as simple, one size fits all kind of um, solution. Uh, there, are, there are different types of uh, places where the boy has the mom, the single mom has to do both and has to speak, at, you know, abstract examples of how it needs to be uh, a good man. For myself, in my own personal life, uh, Cheryl, I had, um, my dad had his own issues. There was a lot of struggles. So I, I would say I did not have a good example uh, mm. on how to treat women as I was growing up. I, 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 I would feel that it was, it was, I was not brought up in an environment where I had a good role model. Uh, let's just put it that way. Eh? I was not brought up where I had a good role model. However, it changed when I started to um, see things differently from other men, uncles, you know, and then I became a father, a husband myself, and then I became a father, and then I, it just changed through experience, eh? through experience and, you know, six children later, you become more experienced in how to treat your, your wife. Eh? Um, for me, I was, I, I, I never started off like this. My wife used to call me Robocop, you know, I was like, Robocop, couldn't hold her hand in public and all of this, you know, coming out of that uh, stereotype of thinking that I was, um, that I was brought up in it, and then going to an all-boys school made it more difficult for me to socialize uh, with girls. So mm -hmm. I had a lot of uh, unpacking to do, unlearning, and uh, new learning to do, eh? and I'm still in the process, I'm still in the process, but whatever I have learned, I can give it to these young boys so they don't take the they won't take as long as I am I did to yeah. try to become a better husband eh? yeah yep no that's beautiful Paul uh, we're, we're always still learning and as long as we've got a humble heart willing to learn and I know you've surrounded yourself with some good mentors as well now look our time is up there's so much we could say because it's just such a huge issue and I want to encourage people please go to the men's empower network page facebook page follow them engage with um yeah their programs that they run if, if you are a single mum please get your boys involved um I, I love again just your slogan of healthy men create healthy families that create healthy nations um and so and at the moment the reality is is that our nations aren't healthy and a lot of it comes back to the fact that our fathers aren't healthy so Let's get on the front foot, start preparing our young boys now. Thank you, Paul. Um, and I'm sure we'll have you back again sometime, some uh, day, and uh, we'll continue talking. And please send in any questions that you have out there um, and happy to see if we can address them. So God bless. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Easily.
Let the islands hear reason, lay cry. 